2: Time for the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss Sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at Brad.logan at Logan or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan C O T E. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field, it's all old Miss all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan.
1: And here we go. It is game week, finally, as the Rebels are getting ready to take on the Louisville Cardinals in the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic uh, this coming Monday. Just a few days away, and we're so excited. Kickoff, it's at 7 o'clock from Mercedes-Benz Stadium in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. And so, we cannot wait. Kickoff. I know you guys are ready as well. There's only so much you can talk about in uh, preseason, but we do kind of put a bow on it with Michael Katz of the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. Uh, Michael's from the great state of California. He's been covering Wyoming his first year on the beat, but boy, he's really good. He was the 2020 Wyoming, uh, I think it was Journalist of the Year. It was a pretty nice award. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. And uh, the main thing you guys want to hear about is we did break down. Both the offense and the defense, and talked a little bit about the game uh, upcoming in a couple of days. So uh, we'll have Michael Katz here in just a moment. Also, you'll want to check out the podcast of both he and Perry Shaw for the columnist. Uh, you remember Perry used to be uh, the beat writer for Ole Miss uh, for I want to say like twenty one years. It was it was quite a while. And so Parrish is now the lead columnist. He'll be uh, writing about both Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and, and, of course, other programs. I know he talked a lot about Southern Miss with Will Hall. had a good piece the other day. They have a podcast called Justify Your Existence. Uh, it's really good, and I've had a chance to listen to it. I know it's on Apple, and uh, you can pretty much find it anywhere you get your podcast. And also, if you get a chance and you're on Facebook, it's go to facebook.com uh, slash djournal now, and that'll get you in uh, the conversation. It's a, it's a special group. And you have to kind of ask for permission to uh, be a part of the group, but just request permission. Then you can jump in there and talk about Ole Miss sports with uh, Michael and Parrish. A lot of great information and um, gives you a chance to uh, stay attuned to what's going on with Ole Miss. As for today, uh, we'll get, like I said, we'll, we'll get in with Michael and we'll talk about kind of what he saw in the preseason scrimmages. He's been at every single press conference. So uh, we'll break down some of the different players and and I think you'll really enjoy the conversation. We talk about some players on defense that he thinks uh, have looked good in practice, some players that, that uh, you know, a good chance to step up. At the end of the day, I think everyone is just excited to see what happens on Monday night against Louisville because, um, you know, I think it's – you know, we can hear all day what, what Lane Kiffin, what D.J. Durkin, what uh, Springer – uh, Lakia Henry, what, what Sonuga, what what the entire defense says about how much they've improved. At the end of the day, you need to see it on the field. So that's going to happen just in a couple of days. As for the podcast here, we're so uh, grateful for the Believe Podcast Network for allowing us to be a part uh, of their uh, their wonderful network. They've got shows that range from movies to food, uh, and then of course to sports. So uh, just be sure and follow them on Twitter. That's at B L E A V podcast. and also follow me on Twitter. That's at Brad Logan C O T E. Everywhere that you can get your podcast is where you'll get Believe at Ole Miss. And uh, we've had a couple episodes in the book, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Look forward to the season. Here's Michael Katz after we take a timeout right here on the Believe at Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network.
0: It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, Soaring Honors College, national reputation for academics and research. Our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave
2: Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at Brad. At logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a dm on twitter at brad logan c-o-t-e whether it's touchdown o miss or showers and right it's all o miss all the time and now back to the show
1: Now I'm happy to be joined by Michael Katz. He covers Ole Miss for the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal. And he comes to us from California. We'll get into that in just a little bit. He was voted the Wyoming Sports Writer of the Year, so I think he knows what's happening. Uh, Michael, thank you very much for joining the show.
3: Hey, how are you doing, Brad?
1: Man, I'm doing well. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are excited we've got a new beat writer. Uh, I think we're excited. Uh, I think from a fan standpoint, a lot of people are. That Parish just kind of moved over to uh, the column role. And before we get into Ole Miss, let's talk just a little bit about the new dynamic there uh, at the Daily Journal. Uh, we've got a new beat writer at Mississippi State, and there's a big online presence. Thanks very much for jumping on today.
3: Yeah, it's it's uh, it's very exciting what you know the Daily Journal is is doing here. You know, Parish moving to basically being our, our college editor, uh, college sports editor and, and, and a columnist and, and hiring uh, Stefan to, to cover Mississippi State and myself to cover Ole Miss. I think we're really kind of digging in and, and, and trying to really kind of reinvent the way that, that we do our, our our college sports writing. And, and it's, you know, in, in this era when so many people are are cutting back on, on resources, it's, it's very refreshing to – be part of one that is that is expanding and you know we've we've had a lot of brainstorming sessions and uh you know obviously we're, we're all pretty new in, in terms of uh you know kind of kind of getting our feet wet and everything going on and i think i've been here three weeks now but uh we, we've got a lot of exciting stories in the works uh, especially you know for the for this first game we we've we've got our our, our game week features uh ready to go and uh, it's it's just exciting to to be a part of something that is kind of going against the grain of, of what's happening in journalism right now.
1: You want to be sure to follow Michael on Twitter. That's at Michael L. Katz, K-A-T-Z. And also, if you have a chance, I'd love, you to, love for you to speak to this, Michael. On Facebook, there's a Facebook group uh, that has both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I, I basically, you type at Facebook.com slash D Now, I think, and kind of get you there. But if you would, just kind of speak just a little bit about kind of what that dynamic was with, with an online presence.
3: Yeah, so those are, are really exciting groups. Uh, they are you, you have to uh, t- to ask you, know, you have to uh, be approved to get in. They're they're not public groups, and the sort of benefit for that is the people who are members of the Mississippi State or the Ole Miss one. Uh, you, you sort of get inside looks of, of stuff that either might be coming um, in, uh, you know, in the in the paper or or on the website. But also, you, you get a little bit of insight that. Maybe doesn't make it into print or or on the web, but it's still really kind of fun stuff, and and um, it's just a, a really nice way for people to kind of you know stay on top of things. You know, there isn't always uh, you know there, we we don't want to be writing these long stories just for the sake of of writing long stories and so having these facebook groups sort of gives people a way to to kind of get those short digestible quotes yeah. and, and stories of, of what we're seeing and what we're hearing without it being a sort of full-fledged story and so uh, i i would i would i would hope that uh, that people are are excited as excited as we are for for everything that's going on, and I think joining both those Facebook groups for Stefan is is, is and Parish are running the Mississippi State one, and and myself and Parish are running the Ole Miss one. I think they're just really good resources that that you can just really kind of get your fill for for everything that's going on.
1: And the great part about that is it is no cost, and I, I'm a member of both groups, and they're both chock full of information, and uh, just basically Facebook.com/slash. Uh, Daily Journal, that will get you to that page. Or you can uh, be sure and follow Michael on Twitter. That's Parish uh, at Parish Offered on Twitter. And, uh, but a lot of times they'll, they'll Parrish specifically post a lot about the Facebook site. Real quick, uh, you and I have talked about this. Everybody's fascinated with um, Kevin Costner and Yellowstone and that sort of thing. Tell us just a little bit about Living in Wyoming and really about covering that program. And I'm going to guess it's a 180 from where you're at right now.
3: You know, it's it's funny. I, I think I would have been a lot more thrown off if I had moved straight from California to here. But kind of living in in Idaho before I was in Wyoming, and then going to Wyoming, kind of gave me a little bit of a segue into this a, a very different way of life than than I grew up with uh, in the Los Angeles area. I, I will say uh, I'm very happy that I'm not gonna you know knock on wood. Uh, be having to deal with a ton of blizzards and whatnot because that was a definite not fun part of, of living in Wyoming. Uh, I, I, the story I tell people is that uh, last February, I couldn't open my door for three days because there was so much snow outside. And that is that is a true story. We got that much snow. Uh, one, it was over a, maybe a two or three day span in, uh, in February. And, and so... You know, obviously the the weather is different, and and you know, working with the University of Wyoming, it was was a little bit different, just in terms of uh, you know, access is different, and and people in the programs are different, and, and, and you're going to get that wherever you go. There are those subtle differences, but the exciting thing for me is that you know, I, I think when when I came in, I, I was I don't know in the back of my head, I was sort of expecting you know. I, I, every uh, Lane Kiffin press conference was going to be like packed to the brim, like like SEC media days. And when I got here, I realized that for the most part, it's still you know four or five people that are there every day, and that's you know it's the same it was in Wyoming. And uh, it, it's kind of been reassuring to know that. Uh, you know the the people change, but the job doesn't, and you know that, that's always a part that you're you're a little bit worried about coming in, and it, it's been reassuring to know that that wasn't the case. But uh, I, I will say, going from you know negative ten sometimes to you know a hundred percent humidity here, that's that's been a lot. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to get uh, used to the humidity.
1: Yeah, I, you could probably ask uh, everyone that's lived in the South their entire life, including myself. No. They're not going to get used to it. It's always going to be pretty painful. Let's jump over and talk a little bit about Ole Miss. And, and I think a lot of people are, are centered around that quarterback position. You know, we've seen Matt Corral this entire uh, off season. We've seen Lane Kiffin use words like uh, incredible, uh, unreal. Um, what have you seen out of this quarterback? I know, you know, being a California resident, covering the college game, as long as you have, kind of what is he kind of compared to, in your opinion, you know, going into the season here uh, this week?
3: So it's it's funny uh, that that the that the that the Southern California connections sort of like are as present as they are here because you know I'm a USC graduate so Lane was actually the USC coach when I was there and um, I remember when Matt Corral was the USC commit uh, that was one of the first places he committed to and then obviously things didn't work out um, so these finding these sorts of connections is always kind of really funny for me but um, I, I remember. The, you know the the story of Matt Corral. Even when he was in high school, was the kid can sling it. He he was a gunslinger then, and you know I've seen him on TV and all that stuff. So I was always I was really curious. You know what is what's the ball going to look like coming out of his hand when I see it in person? And it's every bit as impressive as 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 it is as, as you think it is. Um, there there are certain guys. The ball just looks different when it comes out of their hand, and, and Matt Corral is one of those guys. And you can see it in practice, you can see it in warm-ups. It, it just it hums a little differently. And um, you know, I, I actually I asked Lane that question at, at Media Days if he could compare Matt Corral to any of his USC quarterbacks because he he had some great ones when he was there. He had Matt liner he had Matt Barkley, he had Cody Kessler, he had. Uh, I don't know. He might've been there with Carson Palmer too. Um, He he had a a long list of guys and, and he, he didn't really want to compare him to anybody. But the thing that he did point out is that he is an elite deep ball thrower. And the other thing, if I remember correctly was him saying that he can make things happen when there's not necessarily something there. And I don't know if a lot of his USC quarterbacks were able to do that. Not that I remember, uh, but, you know, Matt Corral has an, a a a way of kind of – and I don't want to compare him to Zach Wilson because obviously Zach was amazing last season and uh, ended up being the second pick in the draft. But, you know, Zach had a way of making things happen when they weren't there. And Matt Corral kind of can do those same sorts of things. And, you know, we, we haven't been able to see a ton of it, uh, you know, during practice because things are, are, aren't as uh, – you know we don't we don't have as much access as we did at the starter camp, but you see those moments where he 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 steps up in the pocket and and makes a guy miss or he rolls out and makes something happen and it's it's those sorts of things that I think kinda make him special and and i'm I'm excited to see it in the game because you know we 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 can watch all the practice we want, but th- there's always gonna be things that that look different on game day and I'm really excited to see him go against a defense that hasn't seen him every day uh, because I I think there's a chance that he's going to do some really special things. I know Louisville's defense has been a lot better the last few years, but I I think there's a chance that Matt does some really special things.
1: It was over two weeks ago before we were able to see a live scrimmage. Uh, In that scrimmage that we saw a couple of weeks ago, Orlando Umana, uh, one of the offensive linemen, the transfer from Utah the starting center, Uh, went off the field holding one of his arms. I forget if it was right or his left, but I knew that was a problem. I mean, we were all there. He had practiced later on that week. He did not play in the scrimmage last Saturday, and we obviously have not gotten an update. Depth, you could tell, is going to be an issue on that offensive line. What are your thoughts going into the season? How many do you think Ole Miss needs to be able to play that offensive front? Is eight enough? Do they need ten? What are your thoughts about that O-line right now?
3: Yeah, and and Lane kind of alluded to that last week, that, that was the, the depth on the offensive line was really a, a little bit worrisome, And I, I, I get it that everybody's nicked up right now and, and they don't want to, you know, have... Uh, they, they don't want to put guys in further danger if they're a little dinged up. It's not really worth it to to get a guy hurt in the preseason when, uh, you know, you got games around the corner. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that You you know, guys might not be practicing, or or might not have practiced last week. Obviously, we're not sure what's going to happen in the scrimmage. We'll learn about what happened there uh, these next few days. Uh, But I think that overall, I I think like if the game were—I hate saying this—but like if the game was going to happen tomorrow, I, I think the starting line would be there. But I think we are starting to see. Those little bits of, of, well, you know, if so-and-so isn't ready, then what do we do? I mean, we, we've seen guys switch positions in the last couple of days. Uh, you know, they, they brought in Rhodes from South Carolina. I, I, I think in a perfect world, you've got, you know, eight or nine guys that you feel really good about. I think they feel really good about five five or six guys right now. It, it's it's going to be interesting if, you know, Rhodes has only been here – it will have been you know, two weeks or so since he got here. on game day, is he going to be ready? Is he going to be a guy you throw in the fire if something happens? I'm. I, I think we've we've all been really impressed with how the offensive line has looked when it's those when it's the right five or six guys. But you know, outside of that, I I I, I think that you know there there is a little bit of worry, and I th- I know they've worked really hard to to kind of get that depth to where they want it to, but I, I don't know if you can really, you know, I don't know if you can be 10 deep by, by next Monday. I, I just don't think it's possible with the roster and just kind of what they're working with. Yeah. But
1: I, I yeah. Eight, um, you know, eight or, you know, less than eight, I think it's problematic. And I think they're less than eight right now. You know, the, as you pointed out earlier, they've made some changes. Ladarius Cox goes from defensive tackle to offensive, to the offensive line in the, in the same breath, Jalen Cunningham which, frankly, just my opinion, I don't think he was going to play. He wasn't getting it done on the offensive front, so they just moved him to defense. And I think that's that's a problem. You know, when Jalen Cunningham was signed, they were thinking, uh, they being the Ole Miss staff, were hoping that he could be a contributor. I don't know that he just ever took that extra step. So that offensive front is definitely something to watch uh, as the Rebels uh, get ready to play Louisville later on this week, or actually next Monday, um you, know, I, you want to say it's game week, but it's actually next week. So, in any event, I think everybody kind of knows where we're at. How good is Jerry on Ely compared to who you've seen in the past? He just he's a he's he's the guy that kind of gets things done, and he's had a pretty good camp.
3: Yeah, he's he's that. I I think I think he is the the perfect modern running back for what football is right now, just in terms of of being able to. Uh, you know, catch the ball and use him in a variety of different ways. You can line him up out wide. Uh, he's got a ton of quickness. Uh, you don't just have to run inside with him, you, you can run those outside zone plays. You, you, you can do anything with Jerry and, and I think, especially because they feel good about, you know, Snoop Connor and, and Henry Parrish Jr., that, you know, they, they don't have to force feed him you know, 30 times up the middle, they, they can vary the way that he's going to get the ball and, and sprinkle those other guys into, um, I, I, I think he's going to have a really big year. You know, is, is he going to be a, uh, you know, a guy who, who has a thousand yards rushing and, you know, a thousand yards receiving probably not. Um, but I think he's a guy that is, is going to probably have fair, a, a little bit more even splits among his running and his receiving this year. And and I think, for Ole Miss, that's a good thing because it means they're getting the ball in his hands. And you, you have to get the ball to your playmakers. And he is about as good as
1: they have. And you were in the press conference when I thought it was interesting when a question was asked of Jerry On about the touches between he and Snoop, uh, Connor, and Henry Parrish. And he looked at the reporter and said, Honestly, man, it really doesn't matter. We want our playmakers on the field. However, I can get the ball, whether it's the slot, running back, doesn't matter. I thought that was interesting. You know, the the running back room, as you well know, Michael, it's it's deep, and that's definitely not an area that they're concerned with with depth. And you know, as you go to the wide receiving core, Ole Miss lost a majority of its offense when Elijah Moore, who's now with the, the New York Jets, and, and it's doing great things for New York. But Ole Miss is looking for that that hidden piece. John Rice Plumley was a guy that was able to do some things in the latter part of last year with the Outback Bowl. He's been hampered with a bit, a little bit of a, a, little bit of a hamstring issue. Who are some receivers are looking to, to step up this year?
3: I, I think if, from everything I've heard, this has been a storyline for you know the last few years. But but Braylon Sanders is somebody who every time you see him on the field, just looks like he's a dude who looks the part and he produces. You know, the first play from the scrimmage we saw was a 65 yard bomb to him, and, and he's been making plays. And basically every time you look and, you know, injuries have been his issue and it, it's a big if at this point, because, you know, this is, you know, it's been four years of, of, of not him being completely healthy, but um, you know, if, if he can stay healthy, you know, Lane, Lane Kiffin doesn't throw compliments. Like, I think he's a first round pick talent out very often. And he said that about Braylon Sanders. And I think, I, th- I don't think he's wrong. I think the talent is there. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to play a really big part. Um, you know, Dontario Drummond is a great player. Uh, you know, Mingo is, you know, maybe needs to work on the consistency of, uh, a bit. But again, he's a guy who looks the part. And, you know, John Rice Plumley, w- when we've seen him in practice, has looked pretty spectacular. And so, you know, is there a guy who is going to catch the volume of passes that Elijah Moore did? I don't know. It, it, it's kind of hard to say, but from what you know, Jeff Lebby has said and what Lane has said, it kind of seems like it's going to be more of a you know a a, a group effort. Um, but but I, I think that that if Braylon Sanders kind of lives up to what he can do. I, I think he's going to have a really special year.
1: JJ Henry, Brandon Buchalter, any freshman um, you know jumped up and made a, a big. A big splash, you know. I'll be honest with you, Michael. I haven't really noticed someone take a big step forward.
3: Yeah, I mean, one who has who was sticking out earlier was was Braylon Brown. Um, again, he's he's another guy that that looks the part, and um, you know we, we haven't um, we haven't seen him as much in, in recent weeks. Uh, you know, they tend to play the injury card pretty close to the vest, uh, but he was a guy that I I thought was. You know, if if he was good to go, I, I think he was going to play a part because he's a different-bodied receiver. Uh, you know, he's that six-three guy or six-two guy, um, the guy who can make the big catch. He's kind of he can kind of you know box guys out like a tight end, um, and so he was a guy that I I thought was going to. Um, it, it's a little bit more up in the air now that you know uh, we haven't really seen him. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, and we haven't really heard, uh, you know, what's going on with him. Um, but other than that, I, I would be hard pressed to find a, a contributor, uh, you know, a freshman receiver. Just because they are, you know, they might not have that guy like Elijah, but they just have so many guys who who have experience and can make things happen.
1: Yeah, Dennis Jackson, a player I think that the Ole Miss fans need to watch. I, th- I think he's had a pretty good fall camp. Uh, Chase Rogers, the tight end, kind of leading in your opinion.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I would have to imagine Rodgers is is, is kind of at the top there. It, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they use tight ends this year. I know he said that he's expecting to see more play in the passing game, but he's also a very good blocker, which means you can keep him on the field all the time, which I think is big because then if you have him in, it's not like you're giving away if it's going to be a run. And so – um, I, I I I would say that he is probably going to to see the majority of of of, of the of the touches from the tight end position, but you know I, I don't know if, if if he's going to um, see the sort of run that that Yaboa did last year. Um, you know Yaboa didn't catch a ton of balls, but he averaged you know twenty yards or so uh, per catch. I, I don't know if Chase Rogers is that guy, but I, I think he can help them out sort of in the the shorter passing game in a way that. Uh, that can really kind of help the offense, you know, generate yards when it needs to.
1: Yeah, the elephant in the room concerning this defense is I know that you have heard the moment you came to campus, the defense was horrific. You've seen the stats; they were really, really bad. So, without the you know going into breakdown of the positions, it's pretty much the same cast of characters. The good news, I think, for Ole Miss fans is is you get a full complement of Otis Reese. You get a, you get a Springer, a transfer from Navy that's that's been kind of a vocal leader, and then you got uh, you know the Campbell kid that transferred from Maryland. And so there are some new faces who has kind of stood up and stood stood out regardless of position in fall camp to you.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think Jake Springer has been, been really impressive. Um, you know, he's, he just always kind of seems to, you know, he is an older guy. And so, you know, having a, a guy who's played some really high level football at Navy, um, uh, you know, having, I don't think he's going to be, you know, out talented or anything like that uh, coming into the sec. And I know he's been waiting a year to be able to play cause he, he was not given uh, uh, immediate eligibility last season. Uh, he's a guy who's just like every time you see him, he's never out of position. He's always around the ball. I, I think he is going to play, play a really big role on the back end, but uh, you know, I, I I do think that the secondary is it, it's hard to say there's a strength for a, a defense that gave up you know, like 40 points a game last year, but I think if there is a strength, it's that they have so many guys who played in the secondary last year, and they're all a year older. Now you add in guys like Otis Reese for a full year, and and Springer. I I I think that 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 the secondary is 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 one of the strengths. I think the linebackers are, are gonna be fine. I think Lakia Henry deserves a little bit more, you know, recognition than he gets. I think Chance Campbell is gonna be a nice player. for me, I think it all really kind of hinges on the defensive line. Yeah. And that defensive front just they just I mean, let's be honest, they weren't good. They they didn't stop the run well and they didn't get a ton of pressure. And I think that's kind of been what they've worked on this offseason is is beefing up up front, and they have gotten you know a couple of junior college transfers. And Taiwan Malone is a guy who I know that they would love to to see a bunch of action, just because he looks that guy looks the part too. Um, and then you know, getting consistent pass rushing. I think that you know if you're, if your secondary is as good as you think it is, and by all accounts, I think they think that is one of their strengths. Um, you have to put them in a position to succeed. And the way you do that is by getting pressure and by stopping the run. And I I know that's been something that they've been working on. And, uh, you know, depending on what day, what scrimmage it was, it either went really well or went really badly. So I'm kind of curious to see how this last scrimmage went. uh, Because, you know, we can hear about how much better the defense has gotten. But, you know, until we really see it, uh, it's all kind of lip service, so I'm I'm excited to see them to see them in action and see if they are uh, as they think they're a lot better. I'm curious to see if they really are.
1: I am too, and 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 you know, judging by how bad they've been the last really four or five years, even into the Hugh Freeze regime, including Matt Luke's year, uh, three years, however long he was there, it's all a bit of a blur to Ole Miss fans at this <laughs> point. But they were never very good, and. It was always a lot of hype during the preseason. And quite frankly, you know, Michael, I think a lot of people just want to wait and see it on the field. The next time we'll see that, well, it'll be live and in colors. We're all in the Mercedes-Benz, um, I want to say Superdome. But they changed the name of that. So, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, the Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. That's in a couple of days. What do you kind of expect? You know, this Louisville team – I think more than anything, Satterfield kind of flirted with every job you could flirt with. Uh, lost 20 seniors. He does not have the greatest relationship with his AD. It doesn't feel like a Louisville team that's going to be very good this year. On the flip side, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of Matt Corral. He had a, a great year last year with the exception of about two games. So what are you looking forward to uh, on Monday night?
3: Yeah, it, you know, in Satterfield's two years had been very weird because they you know they were like eight and five, I think the first year. And then last year they were four and set four and seven. Obviously last year was a weird year for a lot of teams, but they really kind of uh, went, went down the kind of went down the tank a, a little bit as, as the season went on. And um, there, I, 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 I know a lot of Ole Miss fans think that this is going to be a blowout. I, I, one, I think season openers are always really weird. They it's are. Hard to call a, they, it's always hard to call a blowout because everyone's rusty. Some teams are going to look. I mean, you know, look at you know Mississippi State LSU last year. They looked like they were, you know, that KJ Costello was going to win the Heisman, and then, uh, you know, we never heard from him again after that game. So first games, you can you you can be you can see the best of teams or you can see the worst of teams. And so, um, yeah, I, I have no idea what to expect on, on that front. But I, I do think that I – th- I think Louisville, you know, their defense isn't bad. And they have a playmaking quarterback in Malik Cunningham. And I think that a quarterback like that is always going to keep you in a game. Um, because just in the way that Matt Corral can kind of keep you in a game – I think Malik Cunningham can do those sorts of things too. Um, He's dynamic with his legs. Um, He had his best year throwing the ball, you know, this this past season. And uh, again, he's he's another year older in Satterfield's offense. And I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna keep things interesting for them. And I think keeping him contained is going to be no small feat for. The Ole Miss defense and so I, I think fans expecting this to be a two three touchdown game are, are I don't think that is what's going to happen I wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game uh, heading into the fourth because all those things with it being a first game and um, you know the, the things that uh, Malik Cunningham does really well are things that you know typically you could exploit against an Ole Miss defense you know if 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 this was last year's Ole Miss defense I think you would have a really big game and so it really kind of depends what this Ole Miss defense is and so I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout I think it's going to be when it's all said and done maybe a touchdown 10-point game um, and I, I think it's going to be a really fun game I, I think these are two teams that you know Louisville doesn't have a, a ton of hype but I think they are going to be better than people think and uh, Ole Miss I think we're going to learn a lot about them against a, a quarterback who can do some some really special things.
1: Well, judging by history, it's Ole Miss will score in the 40s. Louisville will probably score in the 30s. Um, I think it will be a lot closer. I'm with you. Uh, and I think that Ole Miss defense is still unproven. And uh, I like Louisville scoring a lot of points. But, you know, you talk about Matt Corral and on Ely, and I think they're going to light up the school board. And it's it's going to be a lot of offense. And we received notification uh, a couple of days ago, the Ole Miss band will take its full complement. Um all of Ole Miss taking it Spirit Squad. Uh, What do you think the crowd's going to be like from an Ole Miss perspective?
3: I hope it's awesome. I mean, just, you know, the the last year or so has just been so weird for college football. And, you know, I I covered some games in the Mountain West where there were no fans. Um, And it was kind of haunting. It felt like you were at a practice, uh, like a glorified scrimmage, except, you know, it counted. And so I, I think that, a game like this where it is you know it's one of the it's the chick-fil-a game it's it's a prime time game you've got herb street and, and i believe it's reese davis on, on the call yeah uh, it's it's the labor day prime time game it's the biggest show in town i i think you know obviously there are a lot of things going on right now uh, in in this part of the country with, with with weather and whatnot and and i hope everybody stays safe and uh but you know, I, I think that weather permitting, I think people are going to travel really well. Um, I, I I just think that with everything that's happened over the last year, being able to go to a game, a big kickoff game like this, uh, I, I would expect it to be packed and it's, it's, I'm just excited to, to see bands again and, and see fans get crazy. And, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I, I, I hope that, uh, I, I hope that place is filled uh you know i i, I you know it doesn't matter you know I, I'm gonna write my story either way, but it, it makes it a lot more fun when when it's a great crowd and and you can you can feel the emotion um because you know the players can too, and it does make a difference and and i i i I think that uh you know if if people are able to make it out there uh, I, I I think it's gonna be really
1: really exciting in that opening weekend you know the upcoming weekend just in a few days. UCLA, LSU, you've got Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, and Miami, and Chick-fil-A, the Peach Bowl, Mercedes-Benz have already said they've had to bring in temporary seating because it's a hard sellout for the Alabama game. It's going to be packed. Uh, we are seeing some huge games for the opening weekend, and not to mention we'll get Ole Miss and Louisville on Monday night. Michael will have you covered from now all the way until kickoff. Be sure and follow him on Twitter. That's at Michael L K-A-T-Z. K-A-T-Z. You'll be sure you want to follow Journal now. That's at Djournal Now on Twitter as well. Facebook.com slash Djournal Now or The Daily Journal will get you into the sports pages. And be sure and ask Michael or uh, be sure and tag Parrish, whoever, and get in those uh, fan groups if you're an Ole Miss fan because that's where you can get a ton of information. Michael, thanks very much for joining us. Look forward to uh, hearing from you down the road. We've all enjoyed your coverage so far. And kickoff is right around the corner.
3: Can't wait, Brad. I'm so excited.
2: Thanks so much. to the Pavilion, to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss, all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss Podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispie Sandwich.